The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. I am Professor Snipe, and this is the Potterhood Podcast with Nico Wright and Will Poznan. You're here to enjoy the subtle science and exact art of podcasting. As there's a little foolish wand waving here, many of you will hardly believe this is magic. However, for those select few who possess the predisposition, enjoy the show. Welcome to another uh, amazing, unbelievable episode of the Potterhood Podcast. Uh, my name is Will Posnan. I'm Nico White. And we are the Potterhood Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Will's here. Nico's here. Our producer's here. Max, what's up, man? Not much. I'm good. Let's, uh, let's keep rolling. Damn it. Let's keep it rolling then. This episode, ladies and gentlemen, we are discussing the one and only Luna Lovegood. Okay. Last episode was deep dive in Neville Longbottom. Today is going to be Luna. Just a quick refresher and a little review of what we feel about that character. Will, what does Luna Lovegood mean to you? Where does she Where does she stay in your heart? Luna is at like in the core of my heart. Yeah. yeah, Luna is a character that can make me feel sad if I think about her, like sad and happy in that weird blended way. Tell us why, man. Man, I mean, her relationship with uh, with her dad is like, it's tragic, and then but it ends up like being resolved with nobody getting hurt. But like, if you really think about things that change, if Harry Potter goes jumps from PG PG thirteen to R, right. that's the, and you make it more real and gritty and uncomfortable. That's the shit they change. Like, that's the storyline where when you're in kids' movies, those kinds of characters like Luna and her dad always end up okay. And then you move on to adult stuff, and those characters always die. One of the two dies, and the other has to deal with that. So, with that in mind, that, you know, that that shit is really sad. You know, when you read it as a kid, it's so happy. It's like, thank God they survived. But now you can't think of those characters... And not be sad because those archetypes die in everything else except Harry Potter. Ah, that's a deep way to put it. So now for me, ladies and gentlemen, Luna represents a a lot for me because she was that nice little weird cool character, right? However, she was also bullied, you know what I'm saying? And then her backstory, in my opinion, was the roughest backstory of a lot of Harry Potter characters because... Well, of all, we'll say, is it the roughest of all? I mean, Is it rougher than Harry's? Um... I don't know if it's rougher than Harry's, but I know it's right up there with Harry's, right? Because imagine being somebody that understands everything Harry goes through, but you have none yeah. of the um, social acumen Harry has. You have none of the, you have none of the notoriety Harry has. You get scorned, you get bullied, you get thrown off even by your own. But this is really interesting. We kind of gotta rank these. I'm down. Okay, so just of the, I'm just gonna give you six names. Okay. Harry, Ron, Hermione, mm-hmm. 
Luna, Neville, and uh, and Draco. Okay, Harry, Ron, who Ron. ranked them roughest childhood to least rough in terms of what we know about childhoods as adults, not how they think about it. Like Draco thinks he has a great childhood; he has a terrible childhood. Oh, can we end with me? Hold on. Okay. You want to end? I'll start. I'll, right. I'll start and I'll give you what I think. Okay. So of all of them, Ron thinks he's got one of the rougher ones. He has the least rough of all of them. I get it. Like, and I feel douchey saying it because I grew up wealthier than Ron did. It sucks that Ron's poor, but he has a loving family and all of his real needs are accounted for. And he's going to get a great education. Like... He doesn't have real poverty. He has PG-13 poverty. If Ron had R-rated poverty, and we can talk about that, like, okay, then we can maybe change things. But Ron, with his PG-13 poverty, he has the least rough childhood. Hermione has the second least rough. Yeah, it's hard being a witch and your family can't relate to it. It's really hard. You don't get to be able to explain magic to your mom and dad and they don't get it fully, you know? It's not that hard, though. You compare, start looking over at Neville's and Harry's, and it's like, get out of here, Ron and Hermione. You got the two least rough childhoods. Uh, I'm going to say that Neville... So, okay, I'm going to put Draco next. Draco next. No, I'm going to put Neville next. Neville, his parents were tortured, and that's terrible. I'm sorry if anyone listening had that happen, where your parents were tortured... I'm sorry to anybody out there who parents were tortured. That's terrible. At the end of the day, he's raised by his grandmother who loves him a lot. It sucks that his parents were tortured. It sucks that he's the wrong one. He's raised by his grandmother who loves him a lot. That's better than Draco being raised in a fucking psychotic environment where he's being bred to stomp on people. For So Neville, I'm going to put Draco next. The environment's psychotic. This might... Okay, the environment for Draco's psychotic. It's terrible. Luna's mom died, and her dad is barely holding it together. Yeah. Luna's dad is not a full parent, the way Neville's grandmother is a full parent. Luna's dad is a little bit incompetent. Luna is missing out on skills that she really deserves to have, and she has to overcome that shit. Like, nobody's probably teaching her how to like make food for herself like little things like she didn't learn how to wash till she got to hogwarts like she was probably dirty that first week and like wow all these kids wash all the time you know that shit's rough and that's the second roughest and then for me harry's is the roughest like his parents are dead he's being raised by people who hate him yeah that's fucking rough yeah man that's where i got it all right you 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 gave me a lot to think about jesus buddy okay well first and we're going least to greatest, right? Yeah, least to greatest. Oh, okay. So the person with the uh, least rough childhood of these six, I'm going to say is Hermione Granger. And because it's like, okay, so you were a witch. Your parents accepted it. Yeah, true. You understand? But she can't tell them how it feels to perform Wingardium Liviosa. They'll never understand. They, they can't understand, but it's like Neville's parents can't speak to him. Oh, I would never put Hermione above Neville. That'd be you know insane. What I mean? yeah. So when it comes down to it, I like you put Ron next. It I I had to like I heard you 
And I'm like, the thing about Ron is the reason why Ron's story is tragic is because he probably can't understand how he's loved. You know what I'm saying? Because I think he's a loved character, but I think yeah. it's hard for him to be able to find that. Yeah. His mom probably says all the time, like, oh, I really wish I had a daughter, blah, blah, blah. That disappointment That's, is probable. It's Molly's fault. Honestly, he's an, he's an eight-year-old. Yeah. You can understand why Molly... I mean, Molly's busy. Yeah. She has a lot of kids. Yeah. But two of them have gone off to college and the world and stuff. Mm-hmm. Molly could do more with Ron and she yeah. should. And that is a little bit... On, I mean, that's one of her characters like Achilles' heels. That character is basically perfect outside of her relationship with Ron. Well, it's like, again, and that, I, think that, I think that relationship that he has with his mother ends up affecting him for the rest of his life. Yeah, it does. You for know? sure. Because when you look at how Hermione talks to him, especially if you take things like Cursed Child to be canon, right? If that's really canon to the story of Harry Potter, then Ron ends up in a kind of emotionally abusive relationship. Yeah. You know? And with that happening, that makes sense. Because I would say, you know, why would Ron put up with that? Ah, his mom did him just like that. Yeah. It's a kind of snide, and, loving relationship. And his, his wife is the queen of the world. And, and that, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And damn it, sometimes the queen can be the queen can be rough. Well, yeah, I mean, and you run a joke shop. Well, it's like you know when people make fun of Nicki Minaj's husband, it's like he's still Nicki Minaj's husband. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they got more money in their couch, and you doing your you doing yeah. your accounts. Well, you know he's not Drake. Yeah, but we're both not Drake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. We're both not Drake. Leviosa. That's the name <laughs> of the episode. Um. But yeah, uh, I definitely have Hermione first because her parents definitely love her. She's well taken care of. She's well educated. They seem like they're proud, you know, and she can't tell them certain things. But you're fighting a war. My brother fought a war. There's certain things he'll never talk about. So that's fine in the scheme of things. I think that Hermione is a bit of a comparison for somebody like your brother. Mm. And in another way, somebody like a stand-up comic, not to conflate those two because it's the corniest one, but like a soldier can't tell non-soldiers what... It's one of those jobs you just can't communicate. Stand-up comic is one of those jobs you can't communicate to people what that's like. I mean, being an emergency room doctor or a professional athlete, like there's just jobs that are harder to convey what that day-to-day is like than others. Most most jobs. And Hermione is that, a person with one of those kinds of jobs. 100%. I think uh, I definitely do think she had the easiest upbringing of all of them. Um, well, I'm just saying pre-Hogwarts childhood, mainly. Not even pre-Hogwarts, yeah, but outside you. of Hogwarts. Because yeah. if we're factoring in, like, killing horcruxes and stuff. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, then... Because Ron did see that the whole Chamber of Secrets thing, that actually is legit. Like, the most traumatic thing to ever happen to Ron as a kid happened at Hogwarts. It isn't something that happened at home. Just a sidetrack in terms of like not being able to wrap your mind around different jobs. I think I can wrap my mind around what it's like to be a like professional basketball player. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a lot of basketball and like even more sex. I think I think, <laughs> I think I have that one like wrapped up. Like I figured that out. You think you got that one down pat, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you're not thinking about media obligations. Ah, <laughs> because of those things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You can't communicate like the amount of time they spend on buses. Like, yeah. in the tunnel of the stadium at away games. Like, you're never thinking about that shit. You're just thinking about, like, oh, man, he shot a basketball. Imagine imagine sitting on... Imagine being a bench player, right? Yeah. And nobody knows you. Nobody, like, whatever. People get all this fanfare around you, yeah. right? They don't know why you there on the plane. But you rich, too. But yeah. they treat you... They'll talk to you as if 
you're just like them if you can get what I mean. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People talk to Ron, like, before they remember that he's Harry Potter's friend, they talk to him like he ain't shit. Yeah, that's a weird dynamic, right? Ron sees it probably more than anybody. I mean, Hermione sees it, but it doesn't bug her the same way. Because she's Hermione fucking Granger. Yeah, she's like, man, Slughorn, by the end of the year, you'll be like Harry who? (laughs) I mean, like, Hermione throwing her titties in people's mouth as soon as she walk in. Yeah, she doesn't give a fuck. So, for me, again, I think Hermione had the least tough time. Okay. Um, before um, Hogwarts, I think Ron is second place. Now, this is where it gets rough, right? This is where it gets rough. Because these last four motherfuckers all had it extremely hard. Yeah. Now, my list is going to be a little different from Will's. And the reason it's going to be different is because we got to see what they all did that first year in Hogwarts. And I'll keep it at that. And that'll be my through line until I finish my point. That's a great point. All right. So now, I'm going to put Harry Potter next, right? And if you at home, you might be thinking that's crazy. I know exactly where you're going. Yeah. I think. You might be thinking that's crazy, and I get why you think that's crazy, right? Because I know what Harry's been through. That's a great point. <laughs> but you got to understand, as soon as that year started, as soon as we, as soon as we opened up the first book of Harry Potter, and Harry was 11 or 12. How old are you? Yeah. Old? So I think 11. 11. So at 11 years old, Harry immediately found love in actual friends. Yeah. Right? In actual people that cared about him. Harry was a character that didn't know he had an entire world that gave a fuck about him. Big time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He didn't know what he meant to the world. And that he had to be taught that. Harry's that kid that was like, what would the world be if I wasn't here? It seemed like he was living yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? If nobody wanted me here, he was living that in that, um, you know, cupboard. Yeah. Once Hagrid shows up, he's showered with love for the first time probably in his life that he can remember. Yeah. Now, of course, he has to go through all the feelings. But again, you mean something to a lot of people. Something positive to a lot of people. A lot of people hate you. And then you're also rich as fuck. Like, that, that amount of gold... The day show. Do people know he's rich like that? I don't know if, he, if they know he rich like that, but I know Hogwarts he know he rich like that. I don't think he knows. I don't think he gets that he's that rich. Because then why does he? What did he say? Max, who is this guy? Max, who? Who is that? I don't know. I, don't know. I think I think he. I think he's like blown away by it. Yeah, but he's not like. Do, when does he quote, understand? Quote, quote, quote from the movie. From the movie. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> Wait. You didn't think your parents leave you nothing now, did you? Unquote. That's how much gold was in Gringotts when Hagrid took him to Gringotts. Yeah. He showed him his vault, dog. Harry understood how rich he was. In fact, on the train to Hogwarts that first year, Harry pulled out so much gold, Ron looked at that shit and said, Whoa! <laughs> man, stop playing with that guy, man. Yeah. Stop playing with Harry like Harry ain't got all the bread. Huh? That's I mean it's a great point. The only thing is like Nigga, Harry said my house so big, I feel like I'm my neighbors. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was gonna say with all that money, why is he never like spread love and like Yeah, give, exactly. give, But then he kinda did on the train. He, he was tried. like, here's Ron here's a chocolate frog. Yeah, Ron will take it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He wanted Ron's one of those people that won't accept any help from Harry, most likely. Yeah. Harry's probably been like, Man, um, I can buy you a block. But they should just work together. That's the thing. It doesn't have to be a charity case. Like, that's, I mean, Ron has a real 
hang up about that. Like Ron just doesn't see the path for him to be the leader sometimes. I get that. And I, I think Ron's definitely a leader, but I'm getting off topic, goddammit. Yeah. Um, Our list. The reason that I think Harry is right after Hermione in this case is because he found true, true friends. Yeah. He found true, true love. In the, and then he even got the reconciliation by the end with certain characters. The fact that Dudley, Dudley didn't hate him, and I think... I think this is something that we all fuck up with just as humans in general right now, the difference between malice and mischief, right? And the very thin line between extreme malice and extreme mischief. Because Dudley, you could say Dudley was cruel to Harry, right? But I would put that more on Vernon. I think Dudley was the bullyish kid that you would be if your dad and your mom treated another kid that way. Vernon was the problem in that 100%. house, for sure. But I'm not, I'm, and I'm not blaming Dudley. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that that was a really rough, like, it was just really rough. Like, yeah, Dudley yeah. apologizes later, but that doesn't, like, take doesn't, away no, the trauma. From, it doesn't take away the trauma. I'm just saying. It's going to take years for Harry to work through the Dursley stuff. The, the, way, the way that we see things sometimes because we empathize with the characters we empathize with it makes us blind right because the same way that harry was being abused by vernon yeah and then dudley acting the way he did that same way harry has so much to deal with with dudley dudley was also being abused by that shit the reason they like that is abuse and you know when he apologizes at the end he means it yeah, and I think that that represents him and Petunia together flipping yes. Vernon. Yes, and I don't think people understand. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say something, and I hope it makes sense, right? And I don't think people understand that part. Petunia and Dudley are not bad. They just had to overcome Vernon. Right. But see, the way that will make you believe things and the way that it's almost programmed in us to believe things Yeah, is that Oh well, because this is that none of the none of, none of this other stuff matters, right? Yeah. I'm circle back to this at the end of this episode. Remind me, Max. But I'm circle back to this point at the end of the episode because it is something I really want to say. Um. Anyway, that's why I'm putting Harry there. The person I'm putting. Oh, next- one last thing about Harry. Shoot. Um. Now, when you talk about like Harry thriving at Hogwarts, mm-hmm. are you also giving some credit there to Petunia for having Harry probably more ready for Hogwarts than Luna was, even though she wasn't magical and Luna's father is? Well, yeah, and well, I, I, I gotta get to the whole stuff with Luna in a little bit. Let me make sure. Because that's another thing that, like, you know, that's what your point made me think of when you put Harry so much higher on the list, because I mm-hmm. think, yeah, you know, he had the worst childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, what your point made me think is, like, yeah, I mean, at least Petunia got Harry ready for school. Like, Harry was never going to go without food. Right. He was never going to... But, I mean, at the same... None of those kids ever were going to go without food. Like, I don't ever believe that Luna... I guess I I can see the case for Ron. Mm-hmm. It really, it really depends. And I think you're going to Ron... I would guess, actually, that you're not going to Ron next. I bet you got Ron even further down. No, Ron is already listed, bro. Oh, you went Hermione, Ron. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's Hermione, Ron, yeah, Harry. Yeah, Harry. Now, okay. next, for me, hold on. Let me see where I put it. I had to look. But yeah, that would be the case if you were going to try to really push Ron down on the list. Mm-hmm. The case would be, well, they they were worried that if Arthur got fired, they wouldn't have food. But then you just go, 
Yeah, but aren't they magical? Well, right. Can't they turn a blade of grass into like lemon chicken? Yeah, yeah. I, but I feel like they all were going to eat anyway. So yeah. now, so that and that's the thing with Ron. It's like, dude, yeah, your clothes weren't the coolest shit, but come on, you had good food, you had a lot of family. So now, yeah. who's left? Oh, you got Luna, Draco, Neville. Those are the three left. Okay, so next. And Ernie McMillan. No, we don't know anything about I'm going to put Neville Longbottom. Now, the reason I'm going to put Neville next is because, again, Neville grew up with true love and people that really didn't want to make him a better person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Neville went to Hogwarts. No, even before Neville went to Hogwarts, like, again, he had good caretaking. You know what I'm saying? What happened to him is horrible, and I can't, I don't got nothing else to even say to that. Yeah. But he grew up around true love and got to see true love. His situation was fucked up, knowing what he knew was fucked up. But for those 11 years, I don't think Neville was attacked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He got the Hogwarts. He got the, in that first year, he got to win the House Cup for everybody after it being a hard year, then everybody had to appreciate him for something. I think that, I think that's a win. Yeah, you're giving a lot more points to his in-school stuff than I. When I was looking at it, I was, I wasn't get because if I really look at what the Chamber of Secrets would do to somebody like Ron, mm-hmm. I think he's way like I think he had it worse than Harry. Like to mm-hmm. me, losing a sibling that you actually know really well has got to be even rougher than losing a parent. I mean, it's all terrible that you, you never know? really met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 A, a parent that you never really met. Exactly. No. So. Yeah, I think that... Uh, and Neville had yeah. his parents. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, he had them, you know, and they weren't 100%, but they were there. Yeah. You know. Now, I here mean, we go. They were far from 100%. It'd be like if both your parents were in comas. Yeah, that, but that's what I'm saying. I said, you know, yeah, they, yeah. they weren't 100%. Fucking, yeah. all right. I'm going to disagree with this tomorrow. Then I'm going to agree <laughs> with it the day after that. Then I'm going to disagree with it again the day after that. So I want you to know this one might be ever-changing. But for right now, I'm really cool with this. Luna Lovegood is next. Okay. All right? Look. Cenophilius Lovegood loves his daughter. Yeah. She she knows that. He loves her so much. He loves her exactly as much as Molly loves her kids. So much. He just kind of sucks. So much. (laughs) But see, even the way he sucks makes sense, dog. It does. He He never thought he'd be that guy. Nobody ever thinks their wife would die, but then he's probably in this weird position of he probably respects his wife. He probably respects and hates his wife at the same time. Bitch, how could you leave me? Yeah. But fuck you, you went out doing what you love to do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Luna. Daddy, what were you going to eat? Uh, 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 macaroni, Levioso. Yeah, yeah. He, all he can make is macaroni. That's so funny. He can cook, but only single dad dudes. Yeah, like foods. Yeah, 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 and he probably don't go out. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Somebody got to write the quibble. Bro, mm-hmm. honestly, if we're if we're making this R-rated, he you know he has like two weekends where his grand where his parents look after Luna. And he just gets a hooker or something. As he should. That's probably what's going on there. As he should. Should he not? I mean, he probably goes on a few sad dates every year that Man, his friends fuck force y'all. him I'm on. I'm writing the quibbler and everything else. Yeah, he's just busy writing the quibbler. You know what I'm saying? I'm writing the quibbler. I can't do they what I do. They probably have too many pets at that house. Man, y'all need to stay out. Xenophilius is business. <laughs> <laughs> so now, 
with that being said, I feel like Luna had to see a lot, but I feel like she understood a lot. Dude, I, she gets it. She probably cooks breakfast four days a week when she's home. A hundred percent, man. And that's why I'm putting her here. And even though I think she had it rough, I think Luna was a lot more. And she only has it rough because of the backstory and how I would perceive that backstory. But honestly, I could run her up a couple notches if I really wanted to. There's ways I could think about that. Yeah. Now, well, she overcomes it maybe more. She overcomes her obstacles ultimately more glamorously, even yeah. though it looks like so weird in the moment. But she does it more glamorously than any other character. It, and it should be weird because it's not even weird. She's just herself. she's inventing it. She's yeah. moving through it kind of like just like her mom yeah. was. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Her mom dealt with whatever and she ended up getting what you get when you so, deal with whatever. So you can forget how difficult what she overcame was because she's not as dramatic about it as Ron, Hermione, Neville, yeah. Draco even. Or, I mean, Harry has more to be... I would say Harry and Luna, that's why they get each other. Yes. It's because they are the least dramatic with the most amount of grief. And imagine coming to Hogwarts as a quote-unquote nobody. And now yeah. you're literally an emotional safe, a safe for Harry fucking Potter. Yeah. You're the only person that really gets <laughs> Harry Potter. It's absurd. It's like when you find out, like, oh, yeah, Charles Barkley's neighbor is a dentist and they've been best friends 30 years and yes. they're the only two. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or when you find out even some crazy in that Kim Jong-un and Dennis Rodman <laughs> yeah. just have chicken and waffles sometimes. You get what I mean? Dennis, they're trying to kill me. Dude, uh-uh. this is pretty heavy. I'm just trying to choose my hair color. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, fam. Um, she's there. And, of course, personally, I think Draco Malfoy had the roughest time. Because Draco was raised around a lot of bad shit. Yeah. And I think Draco actually had a lot more potential in him to be a good character. And it's surprising how true he stayed to being good when he was so tempted like here's why i think shoot i couldn't put draco because of his mom Mm -hmm. if his mom was bellatrix okay Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day his mom is reasonable and she's not gonna let him go full evil here's why i had to put draco there because of his mom yeah because his mom was doing bad shit. oh she's pretty complicit but see this is what i mean so now Everybody that had to see that shit. Yeah. You, like, Harry's mom was a hero. Yeah. Superhero. Saved Harry, blah, blah, blah. Fucking Harry's dad, hero. Yeah. Neville's parents, hero. You heard Neville. I'm really proud of my parents. All that. But Harry, but Draco didn't even, okay, but Draco doesn't get it, though. Exactly. So that Draco, makes it worse? So, yes, because Draco thought he was proud of his dad. When did Draco realize that his dad was a piece of shit? Probably book five, six? Probably before that, but Draco had a thing to uphold. Yeah. He was told this great lie. Draco's an American. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. They, they told Not just an American, but a rich American. No, he's the idea of that shit. Yeah. They tell us this great story of bullshit. It's all a bunch of murder. Yeah, you know what sure. I'm saying. We just celebrated yeah. the murderer's holiday yesterday. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. We shot, we recorded on the fifth. But <laughs> oh, what's up, Pooch? So having said that, happy Dr- July Fourth, everybody. <laughs> yeah, living in America, <laughs> shoot you in your eyes. We just celebrated the... for being honest. But yeah, um, I really do feel like oh, these are black. Oh, I love you, dog, but I hate you. Fucking. <laughs> 
Uh, Draco is an American. He's Draco was told this great big lie that he believed. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then when he saw that it wasn't true, it was hard for him to fight that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because those are his parents. Even when his dad was proven to be a sniveling bitch, Draco knew that. But that's my dad. Yeah. He still tried to defend him. And when it came to, you know, doing something for his honor, Draco is again an example of what happens when you push extreme mischief and mix it with extreme malice. Draco showed you he wasn't ready for that. So back to something that I said earlier, right? And this will be the last thing I'll say for this episode, but... Um, I hate how we, um, now I ain't gonna say we, because I, I think people don't want to be this way. But media in general over the last couple weeks, because you know Cosby got out of prison. Yes. Right? And one of the things that made me really upset as soon as I saw it is that I saw a lot of people pushing this narrative of this is why victims don't come out, right? Mm-hmm. I want all of you to consider this. Y'all basically killed Cosby alive. And when I say that, I mean the people coming out, those women coming forward, yeah, put everything on blast. Yeah. Y'all put a motherfucker in jail that wasn't supposed to be in jail. Understand, you won. Yeah, no, this is a success story. Understand that you won. Don't let them tell you that bullshit. That, oh, yeah. Don't let them play you yeah, like that. Yeah, because it's unempowering. It's like, yeah, you won. Don't and- let them play you like that. That motherfucker got out on a technicality. If it wasn't for the technicality, you'd still be winning. So don't and let ultimately, them paralyze you with that shit. Ultimately, they won because if the goal is to like uh, to prevent a crime from ever happening again from the person mm-hmm. if the goal is for the person to have to answer society for their crimes like i mean he he didn't pay a, a debt that's worth raping 50 people but he did like have to answer something and they it's a win so the the thing that you're you're making a Good point of highlighting is people should feel empowered by that they yes. won. Yes, don't let Twitter tell you your voice ain't shit. Don't let, if somebody did something to you, tell somebody. Don't well, let them paralyze you with that media shit. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Because as soon as I saw it and I saw that that was prevailing, I got a niece, dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, I don't want her to see something, especially when you understand the story and they tell you right there in black and white that... If the case wasn't supposed to be tried and it was tried, that's a fucking win for y'all. You're talking about the difference between a Ron and a Hermione perspective. Because if you think about it, like, every time they have some shit they have to do, Ron's like, we're going to die. This is terrible. And Hermione's like, well, we did best Rita Skeeter and Dolores Umbridge, and we've done some badass shit, so maybe we should feel good about our chances going into this next thing. Right. The judge fucked up. Y'all didn't. Yeah. Okay. Do not let these people tell you that what you did didn't matter. Of course it mattered. Yeah. All right. That's all, that's all I wanted to say. So, having said that, y'all, this has been all around about our little chat. We're going to do so much more with Luna. Because yeah. there was a lot of this that was not Luna-centric enough. So, if anyone is like, this is the only Luna, there'll be more Luna. There'll be more Luna. But for this episode, y'all, this is the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Max, where can they find you? They can find me on all social media at Max Marcus Comedy and my uh, my new monthly bar show at D-Tut. 
on the Upper East Side uh, last Wednesday of every month and check out the MaxCast podcast. There you go. Will, buddy, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Will Posnan. And ladies and gentlemen, you can find me on Instagram at NicoWhite93. That's at N-E-K-O-W-H-I-T-E-9-3. Please make sure you check out my new special. It's called Dark Out. It's on YouTube, D-A-R-K-O-U-T. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Nico White. I'm Will Posnan. Will on three. One, two, three. Mischief managed.